Welcome to Dungeons & Dinners, where the love of fantasy is food for thought. I'm your host, Brett Lindley, and today I'm talking about stress, burnout, and keeping a level head. If you'd like to support the podcast and help fund new monsters, bonus episodes, downloadable recipes, and adventure modules, head on over to patreon.com slash dungeonsanddinners. Welcome! Take a seat anywhere. Be right with you. You've been running this campaign for months now. For the most part, everything has been pretty smooth. Players are getting along, the plot is developing nicely, and you're now deep into the story. The last session had to be delayed a week, and that should have given you plenty of extra time to make this one an exciting return, but it didn't. Life got in the way, work was rough, family and personal needs always seemed to pull your attention away for one reason or another, and now it's down to the wire. You don't want to disappoint the players, but you also don't want to have to cancel again. As every minute ticks by, the pressure seems to increase. What do you do? I've personally been in this situation more times than I'm really comfortable with. I tend to be somewhat of a perfectionist and constantly have a feeling that if I am not doing everything in my power that to make a session excitable and enjoyable for the players, that I might be failing them. And as a dungeon master, this can be incredibly stressful, but it can also be something that uh, I as a player, and I've seen other players encounter as well, when they feel like maybe they aren't bringing their best to the table. And in a way, it's something that I think most of us go through on some level or another, and some more than others. I myself do not tend to handle stress very well. I've gotten a lot better at it in my 30-some-odd-ish years handling this sort of thing, but I still fall into ruts. And while it doesn't take me as long to get out of a rut as it used to, I know that that's not always the case for myself and for a lot of other people. So I figured I would take an episode to kind of discuss stress and burnout and how it can affect you both, uh, you know, mentally and physically, as well as some ways that we can try to work together to overcome this or address it in a manner that is going to be healthy and beneficial for everyone. Unfortunately, a lot of the answers that revolve around dealing with stress and anxiety come down to a quote that I will pull from Mel Robbins, writer of The Five Second Rule, which comes down to it is often simple, but not easy. And this really resonates with me as a lot of the solutions and management practices that are really common for dealing with stress and anxiety are things that you've probably already heard a million times before. And a lot of them are not very difficult in theory, but can be very challenging in practice. Just remembering to do things like take a step back and breathe and think about your situation or be aware, be present and mindful. These are all really great on paper and sure, they're super easy to do, but do, getting to do them, bringing yourself into a mental state where you can stop and pull yourself away and remember to do these things to reduce your stress or to help you cope with a difficult situation, it can be really, really just frustrating because it's not until after you're through the situation 
that, you know, you might remember, oh, hey, I needed to breathe or, oh, I just needed to take a step back. And sometimes you kind of I kind of luck into it where I get so frustrated at something that I walk away, not thinking consciously, oh, I need to walk away from this. I'm starting to get stressed, but I just kind of give up and, and walk away. And then once I've walked away and I've had a second to breathe, suddenly I realize, oh, that was what I was supposed to do. And being able to catch yourself before you get really heated is is the trick. It's the the kind of the golden chalice of it all, right? And I feel like as in situations where you're dealing with scheduled social interactions and scheduled social environments, that there's already a level of pressure that can kind of exist there. For someone like myself, I tend to, like I said, be a bit of a perfectionist, and I really love when others are enjoying my creations, whether it's a you know a story at a table or cooking a, a good meal and having people over for a dinner night or something. Crafting that experience is really important to me because that's that's a, one of the ways that I you know show my love for other people is by crafting them experiences that they can really enjoy. And I kind of pride myself in that. But the problem with that is it also means that the minute I set out to engage in a social encounter or to build a campaign or a one-shot or plan a dinner, I've already put an expectation on myself to make sure that everybody has a good time a week before they've arrived or more. And it's one of those things where I have to take that time and step back and realize that I can't force someone to have a good experience. I can put all of the options on the table. I can try to make an environment as comfortable and welcoming and engaging as possible, but I cannot guarantee that somebody's going to have a good time. And just thinking about that, when, when you're setting out to write a campaign or working on the background of your character or planning a dinner, taking a moment and realizing that you cannot control how other people are going to feel is that, in my opinion, a good first step at combating stress before it arrives. Because it, it's that buildup, it's that slow buildup of pressure that makes stress and anxiety unbearable when it does get to that tipping point. And so, in my opinion, one of the best ways to help manage stress and anxiety is to mitigate the pressure at a low level before it builds. Because once it's built up and once you have to, you hit that panic state, then you've got to engage kind of extreme measures to help deal with that anxiety. Whereas if you are able to reduce the pressure on the front side, then hopefully the idea or the intent is that you, it never builds up to that point where it's unbearable. And so tackling that front-end portion, what are the, the ways that I look at a situation? How are the ways I approach uh, building a campaign or managing a dinner night or a party or something like that? What are the things that oftentimes trigger my pressure? So I want to identify what pieces are the most pressing, what what things do I think about, or what types of 
thought patterns am I getting stuck in and cycling through? Where are those roadblocks that I am likely to hit? And what can I do to help smooth them out and give myself a solid foundation to work on what I need to do? Of course, time scheduling is probably one of the better ways to do this, but it's also one of the most difficult, at least for me, is really trying to block out time to make sure that I am able to work on the campaign and get the next pieces that I need or to have time to plan the dinner and make sure that I leave time to go grocery shopping to get everything that I need for it. Time blocking is great for those that are really good at it and for those of us that aren't trying to say we're going to do time blocking just means that we need to block out time to do the time blocking which is already something we're not doing. It can be very, very difficult to start that habit. But if you can, and or if you're already in that habit, then just setting aside a little bit of time can go a long way into making sure that you're going to remove the pressure from yourself before the event. In lieu of time blocking, one of the things that I have started taking really close attention to and something that I've been doing more and more and more is lists. So while I do not always necessarily have a, I'm going to spend one hour on this or five minutes on that, and I'm going to make sure that every day I spend time working on my campaign, while I, I don't take it that far, I do, or I have rather, started working on lists. And my lists are not time-bound, and they're not in order of importance or anything like that. I've just started taking to carrying around a small notebook. I actually got a wallet that has a notebook built into it and a pen built into it so that I can always write notes. And I just carry this with me everywhere I go. And whenever I have a thought or an idea or something that I want to do or something that I want to accomplish or a way to accomplish or something I need to buy... Any, literally anything that comes into my head, uh, I've realized that I only have a few seconds to make sure that I get that down before that thought goes away. And from my time in the technology world, I've also taken a lot to DevOps. And there is a methodology in DevOps, which is basically just how you can, DevOps is all about process improvement and making sure that the managers are in sync with the programmers, right? And, but I think that DevOps really applies to any process-driven thing, and most of the things that I do in my life have some kind of process around them, whether you want to call it a routine or a habit or any of those types of words you want to put on it, they're all just processes. They're order of operations of doing things. So anyway, DevOps has a methodology within it called make the work visible. And what this means is that for the things that we want to do or need to do, if we are not constantly seeing them, then we will not do them. And one of the things where this really hit home with me on was this list taking, where I've got an app on my phone that I can take notes in, but it's not it doesn't put a sticky note on the screen. It doesn't, it's not always there in front of me. It's kind of on the third page. You have to swipe over on all the apps and then bring it up and load into it and then load into the file system and get the app open and open up the little note, find out what date is in, scroll through it, yada, yada. So I put a note in there and three months later I go to, I'm like, oh, I've got this note thing on my phone. I want to try taking notes in here. 
open it up and realize that I had told myself before, oh, I'd wanted to start taking notes in there, and there's one lowly note about needing to buy lettuce at the grocery store or something, right? It's because that work was not visible. With a physical notepad, what I do is I started with just a small notepad that I would always leave next to my nightstand. So when I'm going to bed and have some wild idea about something that I want to do or build or some solution to a problem that I could immediately turn on my nightlight and write it down. And then in the morning when I get up, I grab that notepad and I bring it with me and put it in front of my monitor next to my work computer. And this means that it's always visible. And so what happens is I ended up looking at it more. And this doesn't mean that I, I solved all my problems instantly. It just means that I was aware that it was there. This helped me remember to write things down when I thought about them, because the notepad and the pen are right there. Might as well use it. And it also meant that I was checking it more often and looking through it and saying, ah, I've got 10, 15 minutes. What are the things that I told myself that I wanted to do? And do I have time to do any of them? And the amount of stress and pressure that this has taken out of my life and the amount of things that I've gotten done has just dramatically, there's like a tenfold increase in my productivity just because I'm now seeing my ideas that I've written down and I'm reading through them. And I can look at my list and make a couple checkboxes next to a couple of items on it and say, I want to do at least these two things today. They've been on the list for a week now. I want to get them done. I want to mark them off. And it always feels satisfying to look through a list and be like, oh, I did do that. Oh, I did finish this one and, and cross them off, mark through them, checkbox them, whatever you have to do to, to put some closure, some finality to it, right? And just doing that, just having a list that now I carry, like I said, in my wallet, it's moved from being just kind of always there when I'm at home to now being always there when I take a walk or if I go to the store. And being able to write down new ideas as I have them has gone a long way toward getting progress towards my goals. If I've got a new idea for a monster or a recipe that I want to try because I saw something in the store, uh, but I want to research it first, well, now I can take a note and then I can totally forget that I took that note. It, that's okay to forget that. In fact, it's great because now I'm not cycling that thought through my mind. And... What will happen is I know that I'm going to look at that notepad again later, and I'm going to see that I had written something down that references, oh, there's a, I want to do a, um, a lava snail, right? So I want to make a lava snail monster. Let's go get some lava snail monster pieces done, or maybe I'll do some research or see what other people have done first, right? Because when I see that note, it jogs my memory, and I can say, do I have the time to do this, or do I still want to do this? Just because I wrote it down does not mean I have to do it. It just means I want to do it. And so if I decide later when I look at it that, you know what, there's already a bunch of cool lava snails. I don't really want to do that. I can cross through it and mark it as done because I took the time to, to give it the attention and thought that it needed to, to process it. So in my opinion, when you have a campaign that's running or a character that you're working on, having a way to jot down those fleeting moments because the the honest answer is you probably have been working on your campaign or your character or your meal plan and but you don't have the proof because you haven't been writing it down you've been thinking about it a lot and if you took the same amount of time that you were thinking about it to just jot down a couple notes 
when it came time or when it comes time to sit down and put in a longer amount of effort into it, you can reference your notes and go, oh, well, I basically already have this all the way done. I just need to turn these few notes into sentences or bullet points and maybe look up the CR of a couple of monsters, adjust as needed, and there. I've got everything that I needed already ready. Taking notes is also about the only thing that I have to help combat the flip side of perfectionism, which, for me anyway, is also severe procrastination. I definitely do not record podcast episodes the literal day before they need to be released. That never happens. I have a huge backlog of episodes. Okay, we all know that now anyway, that that's probably a lie, and I am recording this just uh, hours before it needs to be published so that it can be ready for everyone to listen to tomorrow. Now, of course, I want to be in a position where I have a great backlog, but that's not always the case, and I'm starting to get come to grips with that being okay, that not every episode is going to be perfect, not every campaign that I run or episode or one-shot, not every dinner I make is going to be perfect, and really trying to focus on another great quote, uh, which I do not believe is fairly well attributed uh, because it's a much older quote. I could be totally wrong on this, but a a bunch of different people have said it, and I really want to take this one to heart as well, which is progress over perfection. Because perfectionism and procrastination for me tie really closely together, making sure that I am taking a step towards my goal, even if it is the smallest possible step, writing a single word in a notepad, opening up a website to get ready to publish an episode, or doing whatever the smallest action that I can take is, is the that starting point that will give me the energy and the drive and the motivation that I need to do the next step. And if I can't, I absolutely can't, at least I got one step done. And it really is developing that snowball effect where you roll a snowball down a hill and it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. That doesn't start unless you have a starting action, and making sure that that starting action is as simple as possible makes it that much harder for my brain to rationalize why I can't put it off till later. If the action of opening a web page is only going to take a couple seconds, then I don't really have an excuse, and it's going to be super easy. I just have to open the web page. I don't have to do anything else. Lowering my own expectations of how much work is enough work is one of the best ways that I have found to produce lots and lots of work. Because once I have the web page open, well, I might as well at least click over to the site that I need to be on. And well, now I'm here, so let's go ahead and upload a file or schedule a tweet or whatever else needs to be done. When I think I need to build a campaign or I need to publish an episode, That is a really big task. It's a really daunting thing to sit there and think about all of the steps and how big a huge of a project building an entire world. I'll need maps. Do I have a pantheon? What's the world going to be? What's the setting? What rules do I want to use? That's a huge amount of work. And therefore, it's really easy to think to myself, I don't have time for that right now. There's too much to do. I'm just going to put it off till later until I have a whole day or a whole weekend, or maybe I'll take a day off to make sure that I have time to do it all. Whereas just thinking, eh, let me decide on just a setting. And, or I'll just spend, I'll, I'll schedule out five minutes to look through my books and see if something interesting grabs my attention. 
that is a really easy starting point. And before I know it, I've spent hours writing and having research and tabs up and all kinds of things done because the starting point was a lot easier to overcome. So minimize your starting point, minimize the amount of inertia you have to, to give yourself to make progress on something, and then realize that progress is more important than perfection. It's never going to be completely perfect. But as long as you're working towards making it happen, it's has a lot higher chance of getting done than not doing anything at all. So lastly, what happens or how do I handle a moment where the pressure, it's too late? I've, t I've taken, I've made lists, I've tried to block out some time, and some things keep happening, things keep getting in the way. I've done as much preparation, I've given myself as tiny of a starting you know, point as I can, so it takes as little momentum as possible, but there's, it's too late, the pressure is too high, and now I am stressed. I have to get things done, and I have to do them in a certain amount of time, otherwise something's just not going to happen. When that happens, when I get to that point, it's, it's always difficult. Being under stress and being pressured to finish something is never a fun place to be. Um, you know, working under a little bit of pressure, under a little bit of stress, can be exciting. But when it hits that tipping point where it feels like I just can't take it anymore, the number one thing that I referenced earlier is to step away. The number two thing, which may should be need to be one number one, I don't know, they kind of go in tandem, is literally just breathing. Now, there's all sorts of methods like box breathing, or there's uh, there's four breaths, or like there's all kinds of little coping mechanisms, but really, for me, it's just a few deep breaths. It's something that I heard about so many times and kind of hated hearing it, but once I started actually trying to do it, I saw a pretty significant change. Just turning my back, I didn't even have to go into another room, but just turning my back on the situation and taking a couple of deep breaths was more than enough to get me through the situation and calm my brain down, stop those cycles so that I could turn back around and approach it with somewhat of a clear head. Because making decisions while in a pressured or anxious state, they're usually not going to be your best decisions. I know when I am forced to make a call and I there's no other option, it's down to the wire, I have to make a decision, I'm probably just going to take the first thing that comes to mind instead of thinking through the scenario, the pros and cons of going this way or that, or reading the room or you know trying to understand the consequences of the decision that I'm about to take. Instead, I just take some random decision to get it done. But if I take a few deep breaths, turn around, close my eyes, whatever I have to do to remove myself from that situation just a little bit, open my eyes back up, look at it, take a second to analyze it, suddenly my ability to make a level-headed decision on the matter is way better. Probably not perfect still, but better than it was before. One of the other things that I really enjoy, um, again, I'm going to reference Mel Robbins. I've read the five-second rule. Um, uh, it's a pretty good as an audiobook. The, the digital or text version, not really so great. But another thing that she talks about is some research around uh, panic and anxiety and excitement being the same exact neurological pathways in our brain. So I've started to, and actually kind of surprised by, 
if I get anxious about something and my my initial reaction is to get away or to avoid it in some form, right? I have a pretty high f- like flight on the fight or flight scenario of things. I tend to run away from a situation that I don't want to engage in. I want to avoid it because that situation or that event or that location gives me anxiety. And what I found is, you know, through this research that, that Mel Robbins helped compile, is that excitement is the same thing. Neurologically in our brain, it works on the same pathways and it functions on like the same neurochemicals and et cetera. And so what I've taken to try to do now is anytime that I catch myself having a flight thought, like, oh, I don't want to go to that dinner party tonight, or oh, I don't want to work on my campaign. I don't want to do this, that, or the other. And I find myself having an avoidant thought. I take a minute, I stop, and I just change the language to, I'm excited to do the thing. And just telling myself, I'm excited about this situation, and kind of looking at, you know, that heavy, tight feeling that I have in my chest, that's not panic, that's excitement. And just switching the narrative, just telling myself that it's a different feeling than the one that I thought it was, it sounds wild, but it has worked. It's made it that much easier and sometimes I have to repeat it over and over because I'll I'm, I'm a really you know heady person sometimes and it'll go nope I'm actually I don't want to do that I'm like nope I am excited I am excited to do this thing I am excited to work on this project I want to make sure that the podcast goes out on time I want to have a great episode I want to go to the dinner party I want to make a campaign I am excited to do these things well now that I've told myself this. If that's true, then let's take that first step. Let's do it. If we're excited to do it, let's do it. And suddenly I find myself working on things that literally seconds earlier I was afraid to do or anxious to do or wanted to run away from. And so reframing is a huge way to take a situation in the moment where you're panicked about something and get like kind of punch through that panic and just bulldoze through it because you are literally shape-changing it. You're saying this isn't panic, this is excitement. And especially in a situation where you were excited just prior to, maybe you're wanting to be a DM for the first time. You're excited, you want to write a campaign, and then you've got everything laid out, you've been excited, you've read all the rules, you've done all the prep work, everything's ready, the players are arriving, everybody sits down at the table and look at you, bam, panic. And if you can reframe that, because it was excitement, and it is excitement, you were excited all the way up to this moment. You were not panicked all the way up to this moment. And right now, if you think about it for just a second, close your eyes, take that deep breath, and realize, I am not panicked to start this campaign. I am excited to start it. And take a minute, smile, open your eyes, and you'll realize that you were excited, and you do want to run this campaign and you can get through it. And these players are here to work with you and build together the story that you have started. And everybody is here to enjoy this moment. They're not here to judge you. They're not here to make fun of you or any of those things. Everybody's here to do this together. And taking those moments to just reframe your situation and really analyze it just for a second and say, that this is a good thing and it's going to work out, more often than not, 
as long as you have the time to be able to do that, you know, there's a lot of situations that this isn't going to work for, and it's not going to be great or perfect advice. I'm, you know, not any sort of published psychologist or anything like that, but I think that, you know, some of the things that I've learned in my history on dealing with anxiety and panic and stress are some things that I hope you can benefit from as well. I think that managing stress and managing time are things that every cook and every dungeon master should really take a little bit of time and thoughtfulness to, to dig into and to pay attention to so that we do have the time to perform our best work and to give those around us the best experience that we can provide for them. So that's all for the episode today. Please let me know your thoughts, comments, or episode ideas. All the links and contact information can be found on the card website that's down in the show notes. If you're interested in supporting the show and in getting more bonus content, consider tossing some coins over to patreon.com slash dungeonsanddinners. If you're looking for other great podcasts to listen to, check out my other broadcast, Pick Up Your Sticks, which is a video game podcast about why gaming matters, co-hosted by myself and my dear friend Walker Near. I'm really excited to be sharing this journey with you, and remember that love is the secret ingredient. Have a good day, friend. Thanks for stopping by.